the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You were made to think big, do big, live big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow, yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Hello, this is the Live Big Broadcast. Today we will hear a classic message from Bishop Greer. We believe this word will bless you, so let's get into this classic teaching. Psalms 8 and 2. This is a psalm that Jesus quotes in uh, Matthew 11 and 25. The Spirit of God speaks to the psalmist, and uh, the psalmist is uh, stating, O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, and In verse three, he begins to say, you know, what is man that you are mindful of him, that you would give us such, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, love, mercy and attention. And uh, in that psalm, he he just he he, he's caught up in uh, trying to understand how God could love and pay such attention to little beings such as us. And it's really a psalm of great praise and worship of God. And in verse two, he says something that I want to focus on tonight. He says, from the lips, say with me, lips, praise is not just ordained to come from your heart. Faith has to be in two places. Romans 10 says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, then you'll be what? So faith has to be where? Yeah. Many people say, well, I love God in my heart, but the closet saints, I'm not sure. Because according to scripture, faith has to be in two places. In your heart and in your mouth. The Bible says from the abundance of the heart, the what? So if it's not abundant in your heart, you're not going to talk about it. Why is it some of us don't share our faith? Because it's not abundant in the heart. You hear what I'm saying? It's not about opportunity. It's not that you don't want to be an extreme born again Christian. None of that. The real issue is it's not really in your heart. But if you get something in your heart, it will begin to overflow out of your what? Mouth. From the lips of children and infants. Hmm. Children and who? Infants. Let's just use some reasoning here. Let's go back to the ancient world. Who were the most helpless, the most unprotected classes of people? The widows, yes. And the children. He says, out of the mouths of who? Even today, who are the the least educated, the least worldly wise, the most vulnerable? Who are they? He says, from the lips of who? Children. Jesus says, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must first become like who? What do you think he means here? From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. What does he mean? 
from the lips of children. What, what is he? Is he really is he talking only about a, a specific age group or is there a larger meaning here? What do you think? I would say from the beginning, from your birth, from okay. your youth. Okay. Okay. From our youth, every cry is, 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 is a praise to God because he created us. But can anyone else add to that? Has anyone ever cried like a baby as an adult? Yeah. Why did you cry like a baby? Probably because you didn't have answers. You didn't have solutions. You had a need that was bigger than your situation. And all you could do is revert to being a baby. You even felt like getting in the fetal position. Let's take a look at the scripture. From the lips of children and infants. You have ordained, founded, established, used for setting the foundation stone of the temple. That term ordained literally means what? Founded. It was also used for that, the, the stones that founded the temple. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. What does that mean to us? In large, now we, we know what it says there, but let's amplify it in our understanding. What is he saying there by the Holy Spirit? From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. Okay, I'm, 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 I want us to participate and I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to keep moving and then we're, we're going to come back and it's going to come to you. From the lips of children and infants, you have founded established praise. The foundation of praise is in innocence. The foundation of praise is in helplessness. The foundation of, do you, do you hear what he's saying? The, the very base of praise is you knowing you have a need. Are, are, are you understanding me? It's from the lips of children and infants that praise comes from. Jesus said uh, uh, one time, he said, uh, 1125, he was having problems with the Pharisees and, 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 and Sadducees and the scribes. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise, speaking of the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the learned, and revealed them to little children. And he was speaking of his disciples. At different times, he said to his disciples, little children, be of good cheer. So at times, he was not just speaking to literal babies. He was speaking to his followers. Are you tracking with me? So he said, listen, Father, I thank you that you've hidden this from the learned and the wise and have revealed it to who? Why does he do that? What's that about? Okay, relationship? Can, yes. Okay, we don't boast. Why do we love babies so much? Their eyes are so wide open. And they look at you like you're the world. I mean, they, they, just, they just they think you're wonderful. How does that capture praise? Has praise become a song to us? Is praise just a song? The scripture says that God ordained praise. Now, we, we've stated that ordained literally means foundation. It was the term used for laying the foundation stones of the temple. So we can find here that praise can actually be our lid, meaning you can only build as high as a foundation can support. Are you hearing me? If your praise is not strong enough, you can go but so high in God. Are you tracking? Praise is foundational and fundamental 
to our growth. So much so that over 150 chapters of our Bible, the Psalms, were recorded to establish praise, hallel, in the hearts of God's people. Because praise is a foundation of spiritual growth. You cannot go higher than you found it. It says from the mouths of babes and sucklings, he's ordained praise. He, the foundation, are you hearing, of our walk with him is a praise relationship. Let's, let's keep moving. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. That term also means strength. How is praise your strength? Paul said, when I'm weak, I'm strong. If you get that, you get a revelation of praise. When you have those big old wide eyes that looking at God, are you hearing me? When you recognize you, not only you need him, that he's your father, he's there for you. Are you hearing me? You are moving in right stead. It said praise, praise literally is translated strength. So when you become like a child before God, you become strong. Becoming like a child in the world makes you weak. You are silly. You are foolish. But when you trust God like a child in the spirit, you become strong. So Paul said, when I when I'm weak, when I can't figure it out, when I don't have the ability in myself, I can't trust myself. So I reach out to God. And in doing so, when I'm weak, I become strong. Praise is you recognizing your weakness and reaching up to his strength. And when you do that, there's an exchange. How many of you can resist a little baby going like this? The baby has no problem saying I'm weak. I can't get up to your height. Can't do it. And they'll just do it. No pride. No nothing. They just keep doing it. They even cry if you don't pick them up. And God is looking for his people once again. See, he can reach down and pick us up. But man, we were like, no, no, God, I, I got this. I'll do this. I, I can do it. Watch me, God. No, no, no. Give me a ladder or something. I'm, I, 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 no, no. Praise is looking up to God, recognizing your need and being okay with it. I'm okay. I don't have all the answers. I'm okay. I don't have all the power, all the wisdom. I'm okay that I'm not personally Jesus Christ. Because when I'm weak, he's strong. His grace is sufficient. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. Then he says, because that's interesting. Because of your enemies, God knew we would have enemies. So in his wisdom, he figured out that he'd make us strong through weakness to overcome our enemies. There was a church in Jerusalem. I don't know if it still stands, but to get into this particular church, well, the door was about this high. And uh, they asked the, the guy, the, I don't know who he was, the, his title, but he ran the abbey there. Why was the door so low? And he said that the door was built that way so that you would bow. You'd humble yourself to come in. Are you hearing me? God knew that there'd be demonic enemies and pride is locked out of the presence of God. Are are you tracking with me? So he said, listen, I'm going to create the door low, which is really high. And the only way to get in the kingdom is to bow down, meaning you got to let go of your pride to get in. 
So the reason many of us don't worship is we're too proud. Are you hearing me? In God's wisdom, he chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. It's an upside down kingdom, really right side up kingdom in the world's upside down. But praise is something revealed to the children. The wise and the learned don't get it. They'll criticize it. They'll say it's too much. It's not necessary. But for those of us that have bowed down and experienced it and have been picked up because of it, it's not a theological, theoretical, you know, it's not an issue to be debated because it's beyond debate. It's become our what experience because of your enemies. That term enemies literally is those who try to bind, attack or cause emotional distress. God, whenever you are dealing with circumstances that bind you, that attack you, whenever you're dealing with emotional distress, God has ordained something to solve the problem. Are you hearing me? Many of us are struggling because we've not praised enough. You see, God has ordained praise to do something. And if we don't step into that which is ordained, that which we want done will not get done. The praise part of the service is not just filler before the word. It's something God has ordained for us to break through, to get loosed and to get free and to prepare us to receive the word that we can go yet higher. Because let me go back from the lips of children and infants. You have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence. Say with me, silence. Silence. The term there translated uh, from Hebrew is Shabbath Sabbath. Literally, we call it Sabbath. That term Shabbath is Sabbath of the term translated Sabbath. What he's saying there is God has ordained praise to give the devil a Sabbath. Did you hear that? What is a Sabbath? To cease, to come to a standstill. Take a holiday. How many want the devil to take a holiday? Bring to an end. He's ordained praise to cause your devil to take a rest, to calm down, to cut it out, to be contained in his ability to do work against you. The Sabbath day was a day you're not supposed to work. So if you want the devil to go on Sabbath, (laughs) you need to get a revelation of praise. Step into what that which God has ordained that you might enter into God's rest and Satan is bound and he in, in, in some measure has taken holiday from the lips of children. And I get too smart sometimes. I think I know too much sometimes, but it's from the lips of children and infants, folk that will praise a little bit longer. Folk that don't matter that, you know, it's, it's past time. They just hungry for God. A baby's not not looking at a watch, you know, to determine if he wants mama's milk. It has nothing to do with it. He wants nothing else but mama's milk. And he don't stop drinking until he's full. Most of us, well, it's time, but are you full? Our priorities mixed up. You got me. From the lips of children and infants, you've ordained praise, strength, because of your en- enemies to silence the foe, that which is hostile. How many of you got some hostile situations? Yes, I've got hostile voices in my head sometimes. How much? How about you? And I have found in my experience as I worship God, all that hostile stuff begins to break down. 
and a peace comes that passes my understanding and my ability to re- Are you tracking with me? And the avenger. This part is key because uh, there's two things here. Praise stops demonic forces or people that come against you and you don't deserve it. But the avenger is something else. An avenger is someone that has just cause to come and get you. Praise not only stops those that are hostiles, it can stop that which has a right to come against you. Sometimes in our ignorance, we error. We open the door to the adversary. We sin and Satan has a right. But if we would look at God with those big old eyes, lift up our hands, say, Daddy, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't get it right yet. And praise him. Even though we deserve it, we'll operate in freedom. That's the power of praise. Jesus quoted this scripture, not just an old Testament statement. It's something he had to bring into the new when they were crying out. The children were crying out. He was like, don't stop them. They need to do this because this praising is setting them free. You hear me from the lips of children and infants. You have found it established and made the actual. It's the setting and foundation stone of the temple. Praise. If you go into the temple begrudgingly, I got to dutifully. You ain't right. You enter his course with thanksgiving or his gates with praise. Maybe I got that wrong, but you got me. You got to go through praise and thanksgiving before you can even come in. Are you hearing me? It's foundational. It's one of the first things. It's a fundamental thing. This subject of praise. If you read the New Testament, you'll find Paul will write these deep books and it'll begin with I give praise to the God, the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Other times he just break in. They call it doxology. Oh, the magnitude of his wisdom and riches. And blah, 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 blah. He just breaks into praise as he writes because it was in his heart. Doctrine leads you to praise if it's right doctrine. Healthy doctrine causes you to rejoice. It doesn't put stuff on your shoulders and, and weigh you down. It lifts you into God's presence. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger, those that have rights to mess with you in your life. Now, we stated we've talked about the power of praise, but let's back up a little bit. What is praise? Now, we know when it's done right, it's powerful, but we're finding in our lives we're not seeing that power released or something, or maybe we're seeing it in a measure, but not in the fullest measure. So let's back up. What is praise? Is it merely a song? What, what does it mean to praise? Okay. It's thankfulness. Come on. What else? Acknowledgement. Yeah. Acknowledge. What else? Come on. What is praise? Huh? Okay. It comes from the study of his word. Trusting him, he said. Reverence him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Esteem him. Talking about his. Okay. Now, if all week we're blaming God, arguing with God, fighting with God, and, but we sing a song on Sunday and call that praise. Mm, God, because he's gracious, he'll even give us a little song because he's good. But what is true praise? It's a lifestyle. It's not something you do when the piano. No, it's a lifestyle. Give thanks in all things. It's, it's the lifestyle of the believer. Praise. When we have a cantankerous, angry spirit, that ought to be the exception, not the rule. Are you hearing me? James 1 and 2. He says it a little bit differently. 
In the New Testament, the term praise is not as often used. Although it says, be, you know, be filled with the Spirit, make psalms, you know, hymns in your heart, make a melody in the Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know that scripture. But the term joy is used in its place. Joy is the root of praise. Are, are you tracking with me? This could read this way. Consider it pure praise, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind. Okay. What he's saying is if you keep your joy, let me keep, let me read the text. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that it may be mature, complete, and lack, not lacking anything. He's saying, in effect, if you maintain your joy, but he couples some things here with perseverance, you're going to end up not lacking anything. But if you lose your joy in your trial, you can't win. You see, we're thinking, well, if I just bear up under it, and I'll grump and complain all the way through it. And by the way, why did the children of Israel not make it to the promised land? Because they were complaining. What's the opposite of joy? Complaining. If they would have rejoiced in the Lord, they would have made it in. So joy is quite vital if you want to make it into your promise. He says, whenever you're going through problems, consider it joy. Does that make sense? Huh? What is joy and what is happiness? I'm going to tell you something. I've been passionate for a lot of years. I've also been human for a lot of years. I had my own problems face me. Even if I didn't know you, I know me. And I would come to the same revelation <laughs> if I didn't know you. But knowing you helps me uh, confirm this. <laughs> our problem is we want to be happy. That's our aim. And we're wrong. We are carnal. Happiness comes from the flesh. Happiness is based on circumstances. Well, I'll be happy if my wife loved me. God looks at me it's like, the blood and all that, the Holy Spirit, and you're talking about a woman. Oh, I'll be happy if I get some more money. God's like, oh, all that preaching, all that teaching, still carnal. Happiness comes from circumstances. So we say, God, give me this, give me that so I can be happy. And we think that spirituality, wrong. Joy is not based on circumstances. Joy has nothing to do with going on outside you. Joy is an inward response to relationship with Christ that expresses itself outwardly, but it's first inward. Happiness is if that works, I'll be okay inside. But joy is it's working inside. Paul's like, even though he's in prison, he, he's in prison. He's encouraging the Philippians to rejoice. Again, I said he rejoiced. Why? He got joy. His circumstances are awful. He's in a dungeon. But he's, but he's not, not a hypocrite. He's living this thing. You see, we need to forget about trying to be happy and get joy. And if we get joy, we will probably find happiness. Come on, come on. If we get it on the inside, things on the outside will eventually straighten themselves out. And imagine getting sandwiched where you got joy on the inside, happiness coming from the outside. That's a good place to be. But when all you do is looking for happiness and you don't have joy, your happiness is dependent on stuff that changes, that moves. Your house could be burned down. Your car could be stolen. This church could be burned down. But my, listen, this building is not the church. Burn it down. I don't care. Okay, devils, if you're listening, do not burn the church down. But you hear what, what I'm trying to say here. I am not seeking happiness. Seek first the kingdom. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, not happiness.
You see, God will add some things to you if you seek the kingdom. He'll, he'll add happiness. He'll, all these other things shall be added. If you put peace and joy, righteousness up front. So why are we miserable in our because we're looking for happiness and we should be miserable because you're not going to be happy based on circumstances. And if you are happy, it'll be there one day, gone the next. Get a new car, get a new car, start to get old. Get a new wife or husband, start to get old too. Everything starts to get old and it loses its novelty. And that, you know, that that first love, if you will, begins to to wane if you let it. But joy is something that is independent of circumstance. So what we have to do is seek the higher. And when we get the higher, everything else begins to line up. So if you hear me, this could be just a small adjustment that changes a lot for you. Stop trying to be happy. Stop it. God in my long list of things that make me happy. Stop it. Say, God, I want to experience your joy. I need a revelation in my mind. I need relationship in my heart. I need joy. And God, if I get this joy, the rest will line up. Are you hearing me? Sometimes even a saint, you know, as strong in faith you are, God will let some stuff happen to you. To show you, you're happy. You were happy, but you had no joy. Because when, when they start taking stuff and messing with stuff, that's when your real joy is manifest. That's why I say consider it pure joy when trouble comes. Because joy is all you got left. That relationship inside, that's what you got. So consider it. Count on this joy on the inside to keep you and to, 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 to help maintain you in the midst of crisis. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in again next time as we continue this classic teaching with Bishop Greer. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.